Hi, I'm Val Hart in San Antonio, Texas, founder of Val Hart and Friends at ValHart.com. Welcome to The Real Dr. Doolittle Show, the show for animals and the people who love them. I've been called a real-life Dr. Doolittle many times in my career as an expert animal communicator, behaviorist, pet psychic, and master healer. My mission and passion is to improve the lives of animals the world over by helping humans learn how to speak their language, how to understand their viewpoints, and heal. After all, our love of animals helps us be better humans, and the more balanced and healthy we are, the more balanced and healthy they can be, too. Be sure and look for my CDs on iTunes, and to find out more about my work and to receive your free Quick Start Animal Talk course, just go to my website at valhart.com. While you're there for a limited time, you can also apply for a complimentary Happy Animal Assessment Session. And if you want to learn how to be your own Dr. Doolittle, check out the world's first complete Animal Communication Made Easy system available now on my website at ValHeart.com. Thank you and enjoy the show. Hi, this is Val Hart, the real Dr. Doolittle, and today I'm talking with Kelly Preston. Kelly is first and foremost an animal lover, just like me, and you, I would think so, if you listen to the show. She was raised on a 10-acre property in a small town in Pennsylvania. She grew up with horses and rabbits and, of course, dogs. And when she left home after college, she wound up acquiring Gizmo, an irresistible Lhasa Apso that started her journey full of joys and sorrows, hopes and tribulations, frustrations, endless lessons in patience, and above all else, love. All this has come at the hands, or more precisely at the paws, of Gizmo, Betty Boop, Buffy, Carla May, and the inimitable Mr. Magoo. Mr. Magoo is a nine-year-old Lhasa Apso and the book's co-creator and co-writer. And the book is Real Dogs Don't Whisper. He is, in his own words, the alpha and omega of all dogs and the cutest, barkiest, most fun-loving package ever. Ignoring Kelly's persistent eye-rolling, Mr. Magoo has forged ahead with this project in an attempt to, as he puts it, present the facts from a dog's perspective. In other words, the correct, most accurate, most interesting, only one that matters perspective, to which he simply adds, woof. Welcome to the show, Kelly. I can't wait to hear more about Mr. Magoo. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, yes, Mr. Magoo is very animated, and there is not a day that goes by that at least something comical happens in this house. That, <laughs> that's hysterical. Uh, before we go too much further, I just want to let people know how to find you. So uh, you have a website called realdogsdontwhisper.com, and at the end of our interview today, you have a very special uh, gift for our audience, so uh, people hang out, but if you want to go check out uh, Kelly's work, uh, go look at realdogsdontwhisper.com. Okay, so uh, so tell me more, Kelly, how in the world uh, did you write a book with a co-author, Mr. Magoo? Oh, great question. I mean, as the introduction, you, you know, the introduction that you just um, gave, it all started with earlier in my life growing up as a child and my late brother Sean was Down syndrome. Oh wow. And unbeknownst to me, I I didn't realize that this would all tie in later in my life. But what happened through the years of my life and having pets, whether they were the horses or my dogs, 
they all started to have special needs. Mm. And what was also happening, I noticed, was friends, coworkers, you know, people I would just meet would start judging my life, my lifestyle hmm. around having special needs, meaning that, and, you know, having the need, having the need to leave a party early or a function early or not being able to attend. Mm-hmm. So Mr. Magoo came in my life after Gizmo had passed away. She had developed a brain tumor. Mm-hmm. And uh, he seemed to be somewhat, quote, the normal dog of the house because at that oh. time then I also had Betty Boop and Buffy. Mm-hmm. And I'll get into more of that later. But what I was finding is that as years were progressing, I was just like, you know, I really need to tell this story. That real, don't, and you know, excuse the pun, but don't judge a book by its cover, if you will. Mm-hmm. That there's actually, you know, there's so much to be learned about having, you know, whether it's an individual or a pet in your life about special needs and how they can enhance your life, mm-hmm. you know, whether professionally or personally. Mm-hmm. But I also knew that if I told the story, it would be too heart-wrenching. It would be too heavy, at times depressing. I was like, how can I put some lightheartedness into this? How can I make it more comical and funny? And I looked at Mr. Magoo one day. I'm like, you're going to help me write a book. <laughs> <laughs> he said, who, me? <laughs> yeah, basically. He tilted his head one way. He tilted his head the other. He went and got his toy and squeaked. And I figured, well, when he got his toy and squeaked, he kind of understood. And, yeah, he's willing and to play. And that's how it all came out. Yeah, he's showing you he's willing to play. So that's a great demonstration. Nice answer. Thank you. (laughs) That's great. So I just, you know, I knew that I could lighten the book up with some some of comedy. And Mr. Magoo has, his personality is sort of all about me, Mm. that the world will not evolve or even exist without him. And Mm -hmm. I was just like, okay, this is going to be great because I can add some humor in between my heavy chapters. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, you know, or, you know, I shouldn't say so. It's not so heavy, but it's just, it's right straight to the point, and, you know, it makes you stop and think. And Mr. Magoo can come along the way and go, okay, wait a minute. That was just, that was way too much. Let's get back to some antics here and, you know, time to play. <laughs> yeah. Let's let's refresh. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's too funny. I love that. It's so you know, so you've spent a lot of time with special needs animals and sounds like a per- people too, perhaps. Um, yes. I, and sometimes I think all of us are special needs cases sometimes, don't you? <laughs> I'm a, I tell everyone I'm a work in progress because yes. today I have a new one. Like, oh my gosh, I have another area of growth. Great. <laughs> oh, goody. Oh, uh, but I, I, you know, I also know teachers come to us in various forms and at different times in our lives. And like, and it is from your writing. When you open your heart and mind to learning, the rewards are priceless and bountiful. Exactly, exactly. And I love that you you said that. Say more about that. Yes, and so you know, I really didn't. You know, I guess being a a kid growing up and young adult, I really didn't get that until in my late, I would say, late Mm thirties and and forward. Mm-hmm. And that's why then, you know, several well, about two years ago, I decided, you know, it, I need to, I need to put this in writing. I need to share with others the trial and tribulations that I've learned through my years of growing up and still growing. 
Mm-hmm. And that's how this book came about because I wanted to inspire and motivate others that, you know what, no matter how bad a certain day is, we, you know, don't give up. And yeah. also don't, don't let others try to influence you. Yeah. Just stick, stick to the plan that, you know, we all, you know, as they say, God has a wonderful plan for us. And yeah. just open your heart to that. Yeah. Oh, thank you for that very timely and important reminder. I think we all have those dark moments of the soul, you know, those times when things just aren't going right, and we need to remember that. So thank you to you and to Mr. Magoo. Um, And I have to ask you, how in the world did you come up with the title, Real Dogs Don't Whisper? What does that mean? I mean, you know, we hear about the dog whisperer. You know, we have animal whisperers. I'm an animal whisperer. Um, So why, why would you say real dogs don't whisper? Well, when you start, I mean, I don't know what dog may whisper, but all the dogs I know, whether they're in my life or our neighbors, they have a lot to say or bark about, <laughs> and they certainly don't do it quietly. <laughs> There's no so, whispering involved. <laughs> exactly. So, and then I thought, and then I was, I was a little concerned that it may get, you know, confused with Caesar Milan and the work he does, and that's why I added the subtitle. You know, life's lessons, you know, told by a larger-than-life dog and his owner. Because mm-hmm. Mr. Magoo, again, is he's just over the top. And at the end of the day, it's I, I'm like, okay, who's actually the teacher here? Is it me or is it him or, you know, oh. his sister's siblings here? Oh. At least in this book. So I was just like, you know what, I'm going to add that subtitle to help, you know, set that differentiator here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wow, I love that. Uh, yeah, that makes so much sense to me. I, I I had to do a double take on the title, and then I thought, you know, that's really the truth. Uh, animals, sometimes you do get it in the quiet. You know, you it yeah. the communication comes through in the stillness. You know, in the in the breath. You know, or in just that thought. Um, and some and usually, you know, what they also do is follow it up. You know, with a with a boisterous bark or a you know body language or some kind of help to get their point across. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, sometimes you know I've noticed here in my own little path that just start out subtle. Yeah. And if I'm not paying attention, it just gets escalated, and it could be just a bark or it could be an action. You know, non. Mm-hmm. You know, non commuted there, and it's just like, okay, I got it now. I'm paying attention. So. Yeah. Finally. Yeah. Okay. Um, I also love that you brought out the point that who's really the teacher here? Um, you know, we humans tend to have a, lot, a big ego, and we tend to think that we're, you know, we, we're the know-it-alls or something. Um, and our animals are really happy to help us uh, sort that out for ourselves. <laughs> uh, remember that that in fact uh, we're not here necessarily to teach them so much as we are to learn from them. You know, exactly, yeah. exactly. And, you know, it was, it's not so much Mr. Magoo that was the teacher here in this house with my pack, mm-hmm. but it was more, it was more a, I would say, a series of teachings through, like, Gizmo was my very first dog. Mm-hmm. I could actually call my dog. I mean, I always grew up with family dogs, mm-hmm. but Gizmo was mine, mine as I, I was a young adult. And the lessons that she taught me, you know, especially in her later years when she was diagnosed with a brain tumor, I was I was devastated. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to how to yeah. care for her. 
And I, I learned. I learned through the, you know, doing research and talking to the vet. Um, and then along after she passed, along came Betty Boop, who just really opened my eyes to life. Mm-hmm. Um, she was born with water on her brain. Wow. She was expected to live only six months old. Wow. And reason being is, I mean, with the water in her brain, it, she was blind. She had seizures. Goodness. In the beginning stages, she had seizures once every other day. Okay. Um, it became to the point where it was manageable once every three to five weeks. Wow. But she also didn't know how to eat or drink on her own. It took at least eight months for her to finally learn how to do that on her own. And I can remember sitting down, holding her as a puppy, and thinking, I'm being pumped. Okay, somewhere, and I'm aging myself here, Candid Camera has hidden cameras watching this and what I'm going through, and this will actually be then just a, okay, you got it. Wow. But it didn't turn out to be that way. It wasn't a joke. It it was actually reality. And through her, I learned patience. Mm. I learned devotion. I learned persistence. And I, through her, I learned she had such a will to live. And I learned determination. But not, in, you know, not in a negative way because we all have you know, there's an instance where, okay, enough, you have to walk away from it. Yeah. But when it's right, don't give up. Don't yeah. give up. Mm. It's true. What a and, powerful lesson. Yes. And then um, at one point in her life, she had flatlined. I'll never forget this. Mm-hmm. And she, I went in, she went in for just a routine check, and she flatlined in the back um, where they were drawing blood. And I knew instantly when they ran, everybody was running, I knew it was her. I knew it was her, even though there were other patients and clients in that mm. waiting room. Wow. They allowed me to, the doctor, his Dr. Holinsky, um, and he allowed, him and his staff allowed me to go back and assist. Mm-hmm. Her nose, she was only three pounds. So wow. because of her, you know, her being, having water on the brain, it stunts her growth. Wow. So she was only three pounds, and they were having trouble holding, getting the oxygen mask to stay. Yeah. So we we came up with a coffee store. (laughs) And we used the coffee store as the hose that would go down, you know, into her nose to get some oxygen. Wow. And Dr. Nolinsky looked at me, and he said, you know, and, and at this point it was approaching 30 minutes. He said, if she doesn't pull around, we have to, we're going to have to call. And Mm -hmm. I... Mm -hmm. I remember leaning down to Gizmo, and as it was time to let her go to Rainbow Bridge, saying, it's okay, Mommy's going to be all right, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Well, I did the opposite with Betty Boop. I'm like, now's not your time, Betty. Mm-hmm. You know, don't give up. And do you know she pulled through it with those final two minutes? Wow. And that right there was so eye-opening to me because, you talk about having a will to live, to live in that moment, to not give up. Mm-hmm. And that was such a turning point for me, just not only with how I handled the pack, but also in my professional life, in my personal life, you know, even with relationships. I was just like, wow. don't settle. Don't wow. settle. Don't settle. Mm. Oh, what a powerful story. It, it was you. yeah. It was very powerful. Very yeah. powerful. It was very moving. 
So, but yeah, I mean, you know, and then I'm forced sad to say she passed away actually last year. But I'm okay. happy. I mean, at the same time, it's sad. At the same time, I'm happy to share. She out blew anyone's expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, she lived to be 10 years old. She almost made it to 11. Wow. And Yes. And I'll never forget it, Dr. Hulinski, we were having, you know, she was kept getting upper respiratory infections. And so he said, you know, I think it's time we go and have, you know, a CAT, a CAT scan or an MRI just to see what's going on in her brain. Mm-hmm. So they, they took her off. And, of course, based on previous experiences, I'm petrified because it's yeah. so simple. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I wouldn't even leave that waiting room. I was like, no, I'm staying right here. They're like, you should uh-huh. come back in several hours. Now, you don't even seem to understand. So I hung out in that room for three hours. <laughs> Well, what happened is they came out running. Well, when they came out running to me, of course, my mind is going, oh, no, not again. Yeah. (laughs) Well, they were just so full of questions because what the test revealed is she had less than 1% gray matter in the brain. And they were like, how is she staying alive? How is she eating? How is she functioning? And it was just, it was, I was like, okay, all right. Change of gears here. Everything's fine, and wow. no, you know how she's living. And because at that point she was she was eight years old, and I just I just simply I said, "Love, I think yeah. it probably was." Yeah. Um, and but it's it's all up to her. She's having the will to live, and uh, you know, I mean, it took me a year, almost close to a year to teach her how to eat and drink, but she's doing it on her own now. So they were just amazed. All amazed, and you know, of course, I was just all happy for her because I was like, "You go, Betty! Yay!" Yeah, it's astonishing. Oh my gosh! So, was she uh, relatively normal in other ways? No, no, not at all. And so, what happened was, and when she was six months old, I should say, actually, it was probably around the three month mark. Um, I had taken her to a neurologist, and because at that point she was just walking in circles. Uh, and they thought maybe it was just like a liver shunt or something like that. And I was only in the office for maybe five minutes, you know, in the in the area to be seen by the neurologist. And he just said, oh, she has water on the brain. And it seems like she has a you know, very severe case. And I said, well, what does that mean? So unbeknownst to him, he didn't realize that my late brother was Down syndrome. Mm-hmm. He went as far as to using the analogy, oh, don't forget this, well, she considered herself to be a severe case of a Down syndrome child. Mm-hmm. And he said, my recommendation is um, to put her to sleep at this point because she's never going to have a normal life. Mm-hmm. Well, I have to tell you what, it never struck such a hard nerve in my body because of my late brother. Yeah. I picked her up and I just proceeded to chew him out, basically. I said, you know, we have children in, in our society that are Down syndrome. We don't put them to sleep, and I'll be darned if I'm putting this dog to sleep because of that. And I mm-hmm, said, mm-hmm. what you consider normal may not be normal, you know, in the, in, quote, Webster Dictionary style, but it will be normal for her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, I huffed out of the office. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. But then, you know, I have to say that, and I'll be, you know, I have to share that I did, you know, within those after that diagnosis, I would say the past, the days to follow, the two days to follow, I was contemplating. Uh huh. I'm like, okay, what do I do? What do I do? And I actually went as far as to make the appointment to to put her to sleep. Wow. Wow. I got in 
Dr. Halinsky's office, and I am crying hysterically. Now, mind you, I only had her at this point for one week. Wow. One week. And I'm crying hysterically, and Dr. Halinsky says, you're not ready to do this, are you? I'm like, no, I'm not. Yeah. And meanwhile, I already had Gizmo was still with me. And he said, you know, it's going to be a tough road, but if you're willing to put in the work, mm-hmm. I'll help you. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, I'll put in the work, put in the work. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do anything. <laughs> I had no idea, though, what that work involved. Oh. Only yeah. for years, you know, to come. But yeah. looking Oof. back, it was the best decision I made because even though she couldn't fetch a ball, even though she could walk a straight line, you know, and she slept most of the day, she was happy. She was content. She loved her blanket. She loved sunshine because I would take her out and, you know, have a walk. I would hold her and walk to the mailbox or something. Mm-hmm. And she would just fall asleep and like, okay, now I'm I'm safe. I'm, I'm feeling secure. Or mm-hmm. She would lift the air. And I'm like, you know what? This is your world. You're happy with it. And that's yeah. all that counts. Yeah, isn't that amazing? When you just accept, other people have different experiences and animals too, and where they are should not be judged or criticized or, you know, it's like we can't make up shit about other people in their life, you know? Uh, So she had a wonderful life uh, given the cards she was dealt, you know, and whatever genetics happened to create her brain and body the way it was, and that you gave her such a loving support and yet you really got who she is or or and was um and the contribution she shared with you i'm so touched that you were able to open your heart and to do the work and i know it was a lot of work it had to have been a lot of work um but you know you were there and and able to accept the gift that she was i was and do you know there was a Christmas miracle, and for your listeners that would love to see the video, mm-hmm. I would love to share it with them. What happened was one day I was out decorating out front, uh-huh. and I just happened to have um, my phone who was with me that was able to capture video. She broke out and walked in a straight line for over a minute. And, of course, you hear me crying on the video. This wow. in it, I called it my Christmas miracle. Oh. So, it was just, it was it was a moment that I'm just so grateful that I was able to capture on film and mm-hmm. a video and share it with everyone. So any of your listeners would love to see that video, okay. uh, just email email us at realdogsdontwhisper at gmail.com, mm-hmm. and I will send you the YouTube link. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, okay. Thank you. Thank you. Um, oh, oh, you have so many good stories. Let's hear some more stories. I like stories. <laughs> well, I have a funny story. So, yeah, Tell I mean, me a funny story. So, um, you know, that was with Benny Boop. And then through the years, I um, actually was agreed to foster a Lhasa Opto whose name is Carla May. Uh-huh. I think that was in 2005. So, you know, I I was told that I was her last hope, that she was in and out of foster care um, because of regression, and, you know, no one wanted her. I'm like, you know what, all right, fine, I'll try. <laughs> <laughs> so she arrives at my house, and I'm thinking, okay, I don't know how Mr. Magoo and her are going to get along, but this should be interesting. And it was okay, because Mr. Magoo and Buffy always were very familiar with 
I would go for walks, and the next thing I know, I'm walking along, and I see a stray dog following us. I'm like, okay, well, come on, follow us, and we'll try to find your parents. So, mm-hmm. uh-huh. Uh-huh. so I think Mr. Magoo's like, okay, this is going to be another one that's just going to spend the night, and, you know, off they go. Mm-hmm. Turned out not to be the case. So mm-hmm. I had Carla May for, at that point for two weeks, and I reached down to pet her. I was on the phone with my sister, and I received my very first dog bite. My, oh, crap. Oh, yeah. It was my very first one, and I'm screaming and all that. But I also knew from riding horses, growing up with horses, that when something like that happens, you have to climb back up on the horse. You just can't let it go. You've got to yeah. fix the problem. Yeah. So <laughs> I ride motorcycles, and I hear this dog in the corner snarling like a cobra, and I'm like, okay, I need protection to how to handle this. So yeah. I went and got my motorcycle gloves. Yeah. I looked like I was gearing up to ride my motorcycle. I had the leather <laughs> one. I had the boots. I had the gloves. And I was like, all right, now you want to go? Let's go. <laughs> oh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> and I, so Mr. Magoo actually describes what, from his point of view, what it was like to see this as a dog. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. But I, you know, I knew that I was okay and protected, so I went in, got her out of the corner, and... I'm happy to report after, there was no biting. All she did was lay in my arms and cry. And from that day forward, she became a cuddle bug. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, I was just like, okay, how do I how do I make her know that I am the pack leader but I'm not afraid of her? Well, I'll go get my motorcycle gear. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we got a, we've got tools. I felt impelled. 
did it did it say that she was a special needs dog at the no. Um, you yeah. just saw her picture. You just saw her saw her picture online and, and felt really drawn to her. I did, and at that point, they said that she was too young to be adopted out, but they were taking um, applications because what happened is they came in one morning, and here's this sort of, you know, I mean, literally, here's this puppy in a basket on their doorstep, and it appeared that she was only maybe six weeks old. Hmm. So there were like 30-some people in front of me, mm-hmm. and I totally forgot about it. And one morning, it was a Saturday morning, bright and early, I get this call that I was I still interested in her. Everyone in front of me declined. Mm. I didn't even, at that point, I didn't even ask why. I just said, I'll be there. How far away are you? And it turned out to be like a two-hour drive, but mm-hmm. I didn't care. I was going to go get her. Mm. Wow. I got it. When I got there, they brought her out, and then I understood why. They said she's just walking in circles, and right now she's still not eating on her own. We think that it's a liver shunt, and, it's you know, this should be easily corrected. And I just said, I don't care, whatever it takes. Wow. I walked past this beautiful Cocker Spaniel. <laughs> they call her white apricot party mix. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, what's, you know, what's wrong? Why is she here? And they gave me the horrific story that she was severely abused and um, that the two guys that had her were actually taken to jail, but they let the hair on her legs grow together so she couldn't run away. Wow. And I said, I have to have her. And they said, well, you know, the woman in, there's a woman that already applied. You know, we're going to take, let the, I think they called her Peaches at that time. Peaches, mm-hmm. go with her. And I said, okay, you know, that's fine. I said, I work from home. I already have an, a dog at home that has brain uh, brain tumor, and it seems like, you know, I'm going to have to give some TLC for Betty Boop here. Mm-hmm. Well, the owner of the agency, when she discovered that I worked from home and I was already caring for a special need, she said, we want you to have Peaches. Oh, And so now, okay, I go in mindset with one dog. I already know I have one at home, and I drive a little two-seater roadster. (laughs) How am I going to make this work? But I didn't even think about that. I was just like, fine, I'll take her. Mm -hmm. So two-hour drive home, I have Peaches, at the time she was called Peaches, in the front seat, petrified, petrified. Mm -hmm. And looking back, I should have called her Henny Penny instead of Buffy, but that's okay. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And then I have this little, little, little one in my lap just licking the wind and enjoying the sun. And I'm like, okay, you do seem like a Betty Boob. I think I'm going to keep your name. Uh Uh-huh. So that's how, you know, so far that's how the three arrived. Then when Gizmo passed away, I was like, you know, I'm noticing I've got, I have an interesting dynamics in this house. It's somewhat heavy. Um, a lot of TLC is needed. I need a, I need something to uplift this house spirit. Yeah. Along came Mr. Magoo. <laughs> oh, so how did you get Mr. Magoo? So Mr. Magoo was actually rescued from a puppy mill. Oh, wow. Okay. And I was like, all right, not quite the, I don't think this is heading down the path I was hoping for, but, you know, what the heck. Okay. So I get there, of course, I fall in love with him because he has hair just covering his eyes, and that's how, he didn't have a name at that point. And I'm, and I'm like, okay, I'll take him. So on my home, I'm looking at him, he's sitting in the other seat, 
enjoy the sunshine, wind down, hair down, you know, the convertible down. And I'm like, what am I going to call you? And I look over, you can't see his eyes, and he's just got this big puppy smile, and all you see is his tongue. I'm like, you're Mr. Magoo. That's <laughs> Okay. Oh, but so Mr. Magoo, he was a puppy mill rescue dog. Was he also a special needs dog, or is he? It's ter- at that point, it didn't appear to be. However, okay. he has to. He has a very high level of separation anxiety slash anxiety issues, oh. and I have to really be careful of the, the balance in the house. I notice that if it becomes you know, too disruptive or not consistent, and that's another life lesson. These guys have taught me consistency. Yeah. That he becomes anxious. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, so yeah, that's I do keep a consistent lifestyle now. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, they say that uh, pets don't know what time to be fed. I'm going to disagree in this household oh, with no. you because they he'll, know he'll start licking his, yeah, he'll start licking his paws very anxiously or, you know, and I'm just like, nope, okay, you know. So Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. learn through the years how to handle his anxiety without medication. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Very smart of you because, you know, instability, uh, inconsistency, instability, all of that is, um, dogs attack instability. They don't do well with it. Uh, They need more consistency. So, you yes. got a really important lesson. I know a lot of animals that are, do, are separation anxiety, you know, are, are that that way. Uh, that's a big part of it. You know, they it they is. don't know enough. They don't have enough certainty in their life. They 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 feel too out of control. You know, they right, and I think uh, a lot of it has to his stems from, you know, he was probably taken away from his mom way too early, mm-hmm. and you know, especially in that puppy mill environment, and yeah. that just aspirated. You know, if there was a hint of anxiety, it aspirated the situation. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm. So, Kelly, when you look back on your life, what what do you notice? Uh, do you what what lessons have you learned um, that you want to share with us today? Well, you know, thanks to you know starting starting even as far back as with my brother. You know, the lessons I have learned is definitely the meaning of unconditional love. I mean, that, you know, well. <laughs> Woohoo! Uh-huh. Um, hey, Mr. Magoo had something to say about that. Uh-huh. But, um, you know, being accepting, uh, letting your walls down and opening your heart, as we've been mentioning. Mm-hmm. Also, you know, um, the other important one is we touched on is consistency and balance mm-hmm. and having a calmness. And most importantly, live in the moment. Life is way too short to worry about things. Mm-hmm. And if something happens, let it go. Just let it go. And that is one thing that watching my pack here over the years is, you know, they might have a, dis- a disagreement or be upset about something. But it's yeah. very interesting how fast they bounce back and let it go. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to start practicing there. I'm like, it's over. It's done. It's water over the dam. Let's move on. Yeah. And I know that's much easier said than done. And, it's, you know, it's something that I do work on every day. Mm-hmm. But I do find that I'm getting, it's getting easier to embrace that. Mm. 
What a fantastic life lesson. You know, it's, it's the truth. Things just happen, and we let them go. And the more locked on we get to, excuse me for the technical term, crap <laughs> in our life, the more we lock on to that, the more we're stuck with it. You know, it's the more it grows, the worse it gets. It's like we drag all that baggage forward into the present and into our future. And, you know, it, it just it makes us unstable you know it it makes us unhappy uh, beings and you know what a wonderful lesson from our animals it's okay to let go it's okay to be fully in the moment present today and forget what happened yesterday it's okay to just let it go what a great i love that Mm. Ah. another great lesson that i've learned that i touch on in the book is trust and loyalty Buffy had trust issues because she came uh-huh. from an abusive background. Carla May had trust issues. She also came from an abusive background. But when you're consistent, you're you're there. You you are showing the same behavior, the same level of love, you know, the same level of calmness. Mm-hmm. Trust, you know, trust develops. Yeah. And and it's a two way street. I yeah. had to trust Carla May not to fight me again. Yeah, you know, she and she had a trust that I wasn't going to be the. My hand was a loving hand and not an abusive hand. Yeah. So it was interesting to see. You know, it's interesting to see how trust can be learned from our pets. You know, it's a two-way street there. Yeah. Yes, it is. Ah, oh, yes. Oh, I and love the it. true meaning of commitment, too. I mean, you know, it's. I'm really, you know, I get very upset when someone will, per, you know, have a pet in their life and they go, okay, well, I, I for whatever X, Y, Z reason, I, I'm going to send it to the shelter. But this has been, and it just, I'm like, no, this is a lifetime commitment. Yeah. They, they look to us to provide that care, to yeah, provide that that trusting environment, that loving environment. They're dependent on us, you know, and it. That we need to we need to to follow through because the way I see it is pets are brought into our life for a reason, and I think I, I'm a firm believer that it's part of God's plan that you know there's a lesson to be learned there, yeah. And it's a it's a it's a gift from God, and we should treat it as such. We should treat yeah. our pets as such. <sighs> it's true, they are gifts from God. You know, there's a reason that they're in our life. There are lessons to be learned. They're here to teach us. And I love that you brought out the tips, the wonderful lesson of letting things go, being in the moment, um, developing trust without which we don't have much of a good foundation, do we, in any relationship, not just with our animals. Um, And also loyalty, the importance of loyalty and consistency and commitment. Um, and really honoring the source of the gift, you know. Um, I know um, one of my favorite authors says that um, uh, often the hand of God is a paw print. Mm, I like that. Isn't that lovely? I like that quote. Yeah, it's a good one. They are gifts of God, and um, and even in the even in the Bible and in other you know religious documents, um, you know, they talk about you know. Uh, messages coming through the animals, you know. Yes. So yes. I, I love that. Um, do you have any other tips for people struggling perhaps with special needs animals? 
don't be a, don't be afraid to ask for help. There are you'd mm. be surprised how many resources are out there. Um, I'm finding that you know even with Facebook and communities, great mm-hmm. resources. And, you know, there are also now agencies out there that will assist with medical needs. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I do faith, I volunteer for Faith Foundation. Oh. And they help keep um, the pets within the family for if there's a medical emergency, of, mm-hmm. you know, do, if the family has financial challenges. Mm-hmm. So there are numerous agencies out there like FACE that also will help with assistance, you know, especially for those um, pets that are diagnosed with cancer. I know what it's like. I went through this, and it's scary. But just just reach out and ask, and you'd be surprised how much help will come your way. Mm. That's a good reminder. You know, that's not just for our animals, but learning what we need and want and learning how to ask for it is just one of the most foundational, critical life lessons we can learn. Yes. No? Yeah, and to know that there is help available. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for bringing that point out. That's so important. Kelly, what do you want our listeners to do next? Well, I, you know, I have set up a unique page for the listeners. We, I'm offering um, a promotion for your listeners so you, they can, yeah, so all they have to do is go out to Real Dogs Don't Whisper, all one word, mm-hmm. dot com forward slash Val Hart. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we'll, Mr. Magoo, well, Paul, he loves to Paul graph. Instead of an autograph, he comes, every time I pull out the ink pad, he comes running. He's <laughs> getting his picture taken. And ink pad, he loves to put his paw on in the print um, and print it. on the book. So he will paw graph, and then of course I will um, also autograph. And okay. we have free shipping, so you cool. don't have there's it's a five dollars saving. Cool. Thank and you. Also, and if I was going to say, and again, reminder: anyone who wants to view the uh, video, though, on the YouTube channel of Betty Boop Walking, just email us at Real Dogs Don't Whisper. Well, I have a I have a thought. Would you consider putting that link on our special hidden page, our special page? Oh, I most certainly would love to share that. That I would be easier, I think. That that way, if people when when a listener goes to realdogsdon'twhisper.com dot com forward slash Val Hart, uh, they then they can not only get an autographed and pawgraphed copy of uh, Real Dogs Don't Whisper the book. Um, but they could also um, follow the link and watch the video. That would be cool. That would be yes, I'll do that. We all I have on there right now the book trailer that sh- highlights yep. um, all four dogs and myself. But Excellent. I will also put the link on for Betty Boop. I love it. I love that. Thank you. Awesome. Okay. All right. So go to realdogsdon'twhisper.com forward slash Val Hart. Um, uh, so. Um, and, and get your gifts. Um, I know uh, you also said that Mr. Magoo loves to receive goo mail. Uh, oh, so <laughs> he gets excited when he hears goo, you have mail. Uh, yeah. So so how can people reach Mr. Magoo or you? So um, he actually has a fan page. He's out on uh, fan, uh, Facebook. And okay. it's, uh, it's Real Dogs Don't Whisper. Okay. And... He will answer everyone's posts. He loves receiving, he calls his fur friends photos, and he will share out to his community. 
Cool. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, really so the, I can't. I can't get. He has what's called an iPaw because I can't get the computer anymore. So I went and bought him an iPaw. That's hysterical. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are a treat. Thank you so much for playing with us today. So, oh, uh, well, thank you. Yeah. So we've been speaking with Kelly Preston. Um, with realdogsdontwhisper.com uh, and her wonderful book, same title, Life Lessons from a Larger-Than-Life Dog and His Owner, or His 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 Parent, His Mom. Um, thanks so much, Kelly, for your time today, for sharing your heart with us and for your love of animals. I know oh, you're helping. Oh, thank you for having us. Yeah, you're helping make our world a better place. Thank you. Oh, thank you. All right. Okay, well, keep stay in touch. I want to hear what else you guys get up to, and uh, so we'll talk to you later. Okay, thank okay. you. Okay, thank you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the show. For more information or to listen to other podcasts, go to valhart.com forward slash blog. And if you're someone who values a non-invasive, holistic solution to resolving problems with your dogs, cats, and horses, and you want better-behaved, healthier, and happier animals, just go to my website at valhart.com to apply for a complimentary Happy Animal Assessment Session. And be sure and remember to look for my CDs on iTunes. Learning how to talk with animals is fun and will change your life. So while you're there at my site, get my free Quick Start Animal Talk course and check out the world's first complete animal communication made easy system. May the love of animals bless you, teach you, inspire you, heal you, and reconnect you to the circle of life.